0: Our Gospel reading this morning comes from Mark, chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. Jesus said, In those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give up, give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. They will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the four ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and put forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this Generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly, and I will say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The gospel of our Lord. Dear God, thank you for Advent calendars. God, thank you for colors that we get to use to to wait patiently for your son to be born and to bring love into our world. Amen. Thanks, everybody. And now if all the adults could gather near, can you imagine if I did that for a regular sermon each week. Okay, that was funny to me, probably not to you, that's okay. Good morning, everybody. Happy Advent, um, and happy Thanksgiving weekend. I hope that you all had a good holiday, and I'm going to start this morning by sharing a little bit about my Thanksgiving holiday. You see, exactly 10 days before Thanksgiving, I went on weather.com with quite a bit of anxiety. Because I would be celebrating Thanksgiving in New Jersey, my roommate and I had found a couple other people who weren't going home and maybe needed a group of people, a family, um, to share Thanksgiving with. And so we had all gotten together and we talked about what we would be comfortable with during these COVID times. Like true grad students, we had read a couple articles on how to have a safe Thanksgiving. Um, And we decided that we would be comfortable with everyone safely, with masks on, preparing meals at home, or dishes at home, and then we would bring them and we would eat together outside. And so exactly 10 days before Thanksgiving, I went on weather.com to that 10-day forecast. And I saw that it was supposed to rain all day pretty bummed. I put that information in our group chat, and then I followed it up with, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Weather changes all the time. We came up with a few contingency plans, you know, delivering food to each other and eating together on Zoom or what have you, but we weren't very excited about any of them. None of us quite knew what to do, and so we hoped. It was the only thing we could do. We hoped for good weather, and we prepared for that For Thanksgiving Day, anyhow. Because of all this weather stress, we um, didn't set our menu until Monday night, and so we all braved going to the store on Tuesday and on Wednesday while checking the weather, getting the foods that we needed to make our favorite family dishes, hoping we would get to share them together. But when I went to bed on Wednesday evening, it was still supposed to rain all day. And so when Thursday morning came around, and it was gray outside, and I could see some drizzle, I was not surprised. I was still disappointed. As I was drinking my coffee, I checked the weather, and I saw that it was supposed to clear up around 11, but, well, I've been disappointed up until this point, so I just thought, well, we'll see what we can do. There's a tent outside. We're not going to melt. I guess we'll start cooking. Um, And my roommate and I started preparing our meal kind of convinced it was going to be a miserable day. You know, the type of event where you go because you're playing a weird game of chicken where no one wants to cancel it first, but no one's really happy to be there. That's what I thought was going to happen on my Thanksgiving. And my roommate and I prepared all of our food, and because it was outside, we had bags of our dishes and our silverware and salt and pepper and napkins, and um, we had probably like too many hot plates in our hands at once because we wanted to make one trip, and we opened the door and we turned the corner, and guess what happened? A beautiful day had arrived. The rain had stopped. There weren't even clouds. The sun had come out. It was 60 degrees. We were both way too um, dressed, too warmly because we thought it was going to be rainy and cold. While we hadn't been paying attention, God had delivered the very thing we had hoped for so deeply. And we had a lovely Thanksgiving. During the season of Advent, we are praying as we light our Advent candle along with um, the Lutheran World Relief Foundation and the prayers that they wrote. And in those prayers, they have this refrain each week. Into our weary world, come. In addition to being really hard to say, because there are a lot of W's and R's involved, I suspect that this refrain hits home a little differently this year. It has been a weary year, to say the least. Or maybe you've had a weary couple years, and the world is just kind of catching up to you. Or maybe you're not having a weary world, but weary year, but you're getting tired of everyone else having a weary year and talking about it. Or maybe you feel a little bit guilty because your year isn't quite as weary as everyone else's. Or your year is more weary than everyone else's and you're wondering why there's more weariness for you at this time. Possibly you did not have a good week. Maybe my telling you about my Thanksgiving day was a little too much this morning because you weren't able to get together with your family I didn't check the weather for a North Carolina contingent, but maybe it rained where you were. Or maybe you did travel to see your family, and now you're getting kind of weary of the 14-day waiting period where you just hope you don't show symptoms. We're all weary from the pandemic, from the year, from the injustice in our world, from everything society keeps asking of us, maybe from the things we keep asking of ourselves. And so we pray into our weary world Come, Lord Jesus, come, bring light and shatter away our weariness with knowledge and hope that He will come, even when our forecast isn't promising. You see, right before our gospel reading this morning, Jesus foretold the destruction of the temple. And the temple was both the center of religious life at that time, but also political and economic and social life. And so when Jesus foretold the destruction of the temple, he was saying, your whole world is going to crumble and cease to exist as you know it. It was a big deal. And so, of course, the disciples asked him, when is this going to happen, Jesus? We need to know. We want to be prepared. It shouldn't be a surprise, We just let us know. And that's where we pick up the text today. Jesus' response to the disciples wanting to know when their whole world was going to be shattered. And Jesus doesn't really give an answer. He starts with telling them that it'll be kind of like when a fig tree starts blooming, you know, spring is coming. A little vague, Jesus, if I'm being honest. And then he tells them to stay Awake. Jesus' response to a very fair question is just keep watch, because otherwise you might miss it and you don't want to miss it. That's pretty weary advice to give your group of followers. Right? That's what he told the disciples, the people who had given up their whole lives to follow him. They had cast away their nets, they had given up their livelihoods, they had left their families, they'd followed Jesus around and to the Roman Empire, they were kind of guilty by association, and he didn't even give them an answer as to when this was going to happen. He told them to be sort of spiritual Boy Scouts, always prepared for this disaster. Louisville Seminary Professor Courtney Bugs explains the text this way. Early on, Jesus calls the disciples to pay attention, to watch for deception, watch out for yourselves, Watch during the difficult days ahead. In the face of environmental, political, social, and cosmic calamity, stay woke. It is as if there is a possibility that the disciples will miss what should be seen and known. It is as if we are going to miss what should, what needs to be seen and known. And that is what we're watching out for. We're watching out for the work of God that needs to be seen and known. So when Jesus says, watch out for yourselves, watch out for deception, he's saying, watch out for distractions. Don't go on autopilot because you're missing all the good work that's going on around you. And Jesus never says it's going to be easy. He's aware of how weary this advice is. He says that it's going to be tough. But you have to keep searching for God. You have to look for God because looking for God is an act of hope. When you hope for something, you're believing in its possibility. When you're looking for something, you at least hope you're going to find it, that you might see it that the goodness of god's deliverance is on this earth somewhere whether it feels like you have faith or not is not the question jesus reminds the disciples that their faith has gotten them this far and so they are to keep looking and believing in the acts of hope god is doing on the world especially when it doesn't feel like they've had like they have reason to hope because to know Jesus is to hope for this good and divine work in our world, those moments of unearned, unrelenting grace, and to claim them. You're hoping for bellies to be full. You're hoping for people to have beds to sleep in, for kids to get good education and follow their passion, for justice to, be, to happen and for goodness to be on our, in our world. Jesus knows that we're going to doubt ourselves and God. That's not a question to him. That's why he gives this advice. It's when you start to doubt yourself, doubt what you're experiencing, start to undermine yourself. When you start to doubt God, when it's really hard to see where God might be in the world, stay awake, which is to say, look around and see if you might find a glimmer of hope. But the thing is that Jesus doesn't say, stay awake so that I can do my good work. The disciples' ability to pay attention has no bearing on what Jesus is going to do. God's work is going to happen regardless of if the disciples are awake or if they're sleeping. Being awake doesn't change the outcome of what God is going to do, but it does change us. It does change the disciples and those who have hope. Because hoping for Jesus, paying attention to love in the world, allows us to participate in what is happening. It allows you to be the hands and feet of Jesus. It allows you to get out of bed every day and remember to look for the good. Because God is going to change the world. God already is changing the world in really small ways and in situations with really high consequences. By helping me share a holiday meal and by bringing justice and new life to people who need it. We are just called to pay attention because it would be devastating to hope so deeply for something, to hope for healing, to hope for community, to hope for love, and then not be paying attention as God fulfilled God's promises. So I hope for us all that we can stay awake. Amen.